0: Welcome to County Conversations. My name is Mark Levine. I'm the Deputy Director of your New York State Association of Counties, and we're here today to talk about public service and finance and being good stewards of the public fiscal situation. We have two excellent guests, Garrett McDonald, who's the Senior Vice President of 3 Plus One, and Alan Ruffles, who's the Treasurer and CFO of Otsego County. Thank you both for being with us here this afternoon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Mark, we appreciate the opportunity to talk on the County
1: Conversations podcast, and we're excited to have our guest, Alan Ruffles, who's the treasurer and CFO of Otsego County. And, you know, Alan, you have a unique background. We talked a little bit about it before um, this conversation, having been a teacher, worked for a large insurance company, ran a bank branch, and even currently are serving in our, our U.S. Army. Um, so thank you for your service. And maybe you can talk a little bit about your background and what brought you to being treasurer of Otsego County.
2: Yeah, um, thanks, thanks, Garrett. So yeah, I was, a, I was a elementary school teacher for about five years. Um, then I got into the insurance world, later I got my Series 763 investing ran a bank branch as an investor and the manager there. And then one day, um, the county treasurer at the time had come down to the bank and had asked for some stuff, uh, information on investing and moving funds. And he just said, hey, would you ever be, you know, interested in working up here? So I said, yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool to delve more into the budgets and all of that stuff. And I ended up as his deputy back in 2016 and then uh, treasurer in 2018 and been here ever since. And then the Army, um, thats I've been in there for 10 years now, love doing that, and yeah, th- th- thanks for the support from you. But
1: Yeah, thank you for that. We're talking today about um, finance data, and for some that are listening to this podcast, Alan, they might have heard me mention finance data and think, oh, you know, this podcast isn't for me. Um But I would just encourage the listeners to continue to listen because we hope this is going to be an interesting podcast that's going to share some interesting insights. And, Alan, I know that you have some, having talked to you, um, I think, starting in 2018, did you say? Is that when we first met?
2: Yep. Yeah, you and I met back in 2018 at the uh, Treasurer's Conference in ISAC.
1: Yeah, and it's a those Nisek treasurers, uh, the finance school, and also the the treasure conferences in the summer are are just a, a great venue to talk and and learn a little bit more. But at the time, three plus one Cash Fest was serving some more entities around the state, and we were kind of talking to you about uh, what we were doing, and you were you know an interesting individual because you had had such a unique background working in finance, doing a lot of the things that we were talking about, having a lot of that knowledge. And so as we were talking about bringing innovation to finance and looking at data, you were really candid and honest, Alan, and were like, look, when it comes to, quote, finance data and looking at how much we can invest, how long we can invest it, cash flow, liquidity, those are things you had had experience in, right? Yep, And. One of the things we talked about at the time was, you know, if we can make your life a little bit easier and provide you with more information so that you can do more, then why don't we do that? And what brought you to the place to say, you know, not only having your Series 763, uh, which for those that are listening are, are licenses that you have to have to work in, in the finance industry, um, what brought you to the to the point and saying, you know, what I think I'm ready to To look at cash fest and look at resources that can help me do
2: more in my everyday job as treasurer yeah so i mean yeah for everyone listening here um we did we met in 2018 and you came to me and it was great we had a great time and i kind of was like hey this is great information but i do this i did this for a living i can do this you know thanks three plus one and garrett but you know next time you know, I thought in 2018, I got elected treasurer. I'm going to change the world. You know, I, maybe, maybe we're all like that. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to change the world today. Um, and then I quickly realized how much work falls on the treasurer other than investing. The taxes and the budgets and the health insurance and the payroll. I think a lot of the treasurers and CFOs listing probably have all that. And I quickly got bogged down with that stuff. And then COVID hit. And I was like, you know, at this point... Could I do all this data collection and information and, and the investing, the liquidity that three plus one offers? Yeah, I could. Do I have the time to do it? And can I take away the more valuable time that I need to spend with my constituents? I can't do that. So I called you guys up. You went through the data with me several times. I think I reviewed it like six times with we you. Like I know this. I looked at it, and it was it was great. <laughs> That's kind of what brought me to that point, saying there's someone else that can do this, it takes a lot off my plate, and then when I go to the board to make recommendations, it's coming from a third party. They're not looking at me saying, oh, Alan, you're just providing this because maybe you know how to tweak numbers or you know how to do this, and what we're getting from you may not be what we think it is, and I'm like, this is a third party now. They're providing that, and it really makes my conversations with them even easier.
1: Yeah, that's powerful, Alan. We have a motto here that we say, see more, so you can do more and that goes right along to to what you were just mentioning there if you can see more about your cash about your liquidity during a time when it's arguably more important than it's ever been Alan. right um we're coming out of covid we're coming into a a, a situation economically where there's some high inflation it's impacting budgets budgets, interest rates are higher than many expected. Um, I was just reading an article the other day that said um, mortgage rates are higher than they've been since 2000. Seeing more so you can do more and share information as a public servant, as a CFO, as a treasurer, as a board member is powerful. What does that mean to you and and what you do every day?
2: So, you know, the county has ways to raise revenue the main one being obviously the tax revenue and we don't want to increase taxes to, you know a ton we try to keep it low for the constituents but interest that's a big way that we can help offset some of those costs so you've got this Seymour more do more. i get on my three plus one portal and you guys have it right there boom there's interest rates where what i used to do was being in the banking world i have several banking relationships across and i'd be like what rates do you offer me today? Help me out. What rates you know, I call these banks and then I call them back, oh, this bank offered me this. You know, I spend two hours, three hours calling all the banks trying to get the best rate. When you guys have it right there and I can say, hey, I go to one bank and say, this is, this is the rate that's out there. Give it to me or don't give it to me. It saves me a lot of time on the back end to see that. That's the rates. Um, you know, I'm never going to remember what that chart is, Garrett, but it's got all the colors and all the bars. It shows your liquidity. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I call it the money graph. It, it shows you all your cash, the time
1: horizons, the stress test. Um, I call it the money graph, Alan.
2: Yeah, and I use that, that money graph to say, based on what I'm seeing and my quick data analysis that I do on my spreadsheets and in my head, I think that I can put X away for a certain time horizon so that I can't, you know, whether I need it for cash flow or I don't need it for cash flow. Yeah. I do that and then I look at your money graph and I say, exactly what I was thinking is there, or hey, look, no, actually I could put a little more in, or maybe I need a little less. So that money graph really just puts it out there saying, what I'm thinking is right, what I'm thinking is wrong, and it really makes me feel stronger about what I'm gonna do, and also strong for my pitch to the board. When I wanna say that I wanna do this, here's my reasons why, here's an external source saying, hey, this is well.
1: Yeah, it's the confidence, right, Alan? It's having that confidence to say, you know what, I'm really comfortable, you know, with 95 percent of my cash and liquidity. You see it every single day, Alan. And I can tell our listeners from firsthand experience, Alan really knows his stuff. You know he has great questions and we can go back and forth, and it's a very intuitive conversation. But it's that extra five percent, if you have that extra five percent in confidence how much more can that allow you to do for your taxpayers, for your board? And it can go a long way, right? And so seeing more so you can do more isn't just for treasurers and CFOs, Alan, but like you said, it's, it's sharing it with your board. When everyone's on the same page and has the same information, boy, don't you agree that um, the decision-making ability can, can increase to a higher potential? Everyone can have a more crucial conversation. That's what we call it, a a more crucial conversation. Does that resonate um, with you? And do you think that resonates with the listeners
2: today, Alan? Yeah, absolutely. You can have that crucial conversation, as as you call it. I just say that everyone there, up there, just looks and is on the same page. There may be some board members that are more fiscally conservative. Hey, I don't want to do this much. Some that are, hey, let's do more. But having that data there puts everybody on the same page. And that really works. And the best part about... And and I'm sure there's some treasurers listening that have more experience than I do and less experience than I do. But the beauty of it is I work with you and I work with Tyler a lot. And you guys have made recommendations to me before and I'm like, I'm not sure about that and here's why. And you guys agree or disagree based on the data. And you guys say some things to me and I agree or disagree, but in the end, the data puts it out there. And that's what I really like.
1: Yeah, what would you say to a board member listening, uh, a treasurer or CFO listening. Even for that matter, Alan, this podcast is gonna be out there for anyone to hear, right, a a taxpayer or uh, maybe a colleague in a different state. How do you approach having had the experience in finance, having been comfortable with what liquidity data and having a consolidated platform to look at cash flow how do you approach innovation in finance, in the public sector, where there's so many different competing priorities, as you mentioned? And let's, let's not forget, we talked about your professional background, and it's, it, that's great and impressive, but really an important part of your life is being a dad, being a husband, being a soccer coach, which God bless you, I couldn't coach soccer, you know, if if you paid me. But how do you approach innovation and finance as you're balancing all of those competing priorities? And also, generally, local governments are sometimes apprehensive. You don't want to be the first one to jump in on something. Um, You want to make sure that it's it's a proven solution and that it's the right thing to do. So what are your pointers on balancing the competing priorities the need to ensure that it's a proven solution, but also making sure that you're taking advantage of innovation for the taxpayers to make a difference.
2: Yeah. Um, and yeah, things, as everyone's listening knows, things move slow in the public sector. There's a lot of approvals that need to happen, rightfully so, because you have tax- taxpayer dollars at work. You want to do what's best for the taxpayer. But now, especially more than ever since, since 2020 and the pandemic happened, we have less staff and we have to do more with less. So you have to create efficiencies. Um, We just don't have time to do everything anymore. So what we do in this office, I mean, right now I'm looking out there and I've got three people on my finance team and I've got three people on my tax team. So I've got a total of six people, myself and my deputy. Um, And if you don't create those efficiencies, you're just loading more work. Technology these days is huge. I mean, a perfect example, This, we're a small county. We probably print over a thousand, fifteen hundred checks a month. There's an easy way to do that. You can outsource that to banks that do that. No charge banks like that. Um, Using the liquidity, I mean, if you want to get into the investments a little bit, I guess it's just a matter of you don't have time to look at it all. You just don't. And you have to use that data, move on, use the data, move on, trust the data, because it's been there. It's, it's past that. It's future data. It's what's going on.
1: Yeah, the Harvard Kennedy School
2: came out with a study,
1: uh, Alan, and they said that most public officials say they don't have the time to look at data or document any value found in And I'll just read that again for our listeners. Um, the Harvard Kennedy School. School came up with a study and they said most public officials say they don't have the time to look at data or document any value found in it. Yet today, arguably, data has never been more important, especially data when it comes to managing liquidity and investments and how long do you have something invested for? Do you have it invested for a month or a week or a year and what's the best strategy? it's, it's interesting because everyone wants data faster, right? We, we have these cell phones now that we're being in contact with the world constantly, um, and data is available to us faster, and it's more accurate, and yet we don't always have the time to focus on it. How is that impacting what you do on a daily basis in terms of when you're looking at data to make investment decisions? You just made a great point. Um, someone said let's not suffer um, you know paralysis by analysis doing analysis is great having data at your fingertips is paramount but you need to be able to have the confidence to look at it to make a decision know it's the right one and move on and also be able to balance everything else you have at the same time so someone listening today that says you know what I think data is important and I want to be able to use it but I just don't think I can have um, any value in, in utilizing additional data because
2: I'm inundated by it. Um, what's your advice? What's your advice to them? I think something like this, especially when investing, is as an elected official, you get it first and foremost. Do what's right by the taxpayer. Every time, do what's right by the taxpayer. And if you've got that data available, we're, we're not saying you've got to spend two, three, four hours on it. Um, and we do that all the time with a lot of our health insurance the amount of data that comes back this budget we try to put together all the data that comes back you got to take a look at it you got to get a 30,000 foot view and if there's one spot you want to dive into dive into it but none of us have the time to dive into it unless we want to hire a bunch of more staff and raise those taxes get the data that you have as you said let's let's talk about the liquidity investing you guys put together that spreadsheet or the the nine or 10 pages, whatever it is, I go right to that money graph every time. And I say, in my head, I look at this. I look at that money graph. Okay. That says what I'm doing is correct, or it says maybe I have too much or too little. I make one quick call, we chat about it, and we make a decision. It's not something that we can sit there and go into into depth. I mean, if we want to, we can, we we just don't have the time.
1: Right. And it's important to note too, Alan, we're not... We're not investing the cash for you. We're not telling you you do this or you do that. We're not taking deposits. There's this really important line between you know your investment providers, your local government investment pools, um, your your broker dealers, and then the company that's actually providing you the data with the confidence. So we're not making the decisions for you. You're the boss, you know you're making the decisions. We're just arming you with everything you need to feel confident in what those decisions are. Can you talk a little bit about how that
2: process works for you? Yeah, and exactly. Um, you guys say, yep, yeah, here's what the data says. That's it. And, you, and, and, you know, if, if someone else is with 3 plus 1, or if, or they may look at a different graph because you guys have several charts in there. But to go to that's my chart and that's where I've zoned in on I can't spend all the time in the world on investing. I have this number in my head. Let's go straight to that chart and let's see what it says. That's how I do it and that's how I make, I don't spend so much time on it. And there's a, you know, there's other things sometimes we will, we will dive into. I think that as interest rates go down and whatever happens in the next six months with the economy, it goes up, it goes down. We're not gonna predict that. That's when you can, okay, the economy's down. I really need to dive into this a little harder and I need to take a look at this. I think the priorities right now are cash flow's moving, I like what I'm doing, and I gotta spend my priority on something else. Yeah,
1: you make a great point there. You make a great point there. Your priorities do always change and interest rates have been going up and down for hundreds of years, they're gonna continue to do that. And every time you look at um, you know, your cash fest data, things can be different. You know, Rates move, um, uh, bank pricing moves, opportunities change. And so always having that constantly at your fingertips to be able to know what's happening in the marketplace can be really valuable. One thing I wanted to to ask you about, Alan, is I've had the opportunity to come to your office a few times, and it's always a fun atmosphere. Um, There's always a lot going on. You mentioned everyone's doing a lot of different things at once. I think that's going to resonate with a lot of the listeners today because it's, it's hard to find Um, It's hard to find staff. A lot of finance offices around the 27 counties that that we're serving and and many, many more nationally are looking for additional help because it's it's difficult to do everything that you all are doing on a daily basis. How do you have fun in your office and why is that important to you? And if there was a listener today that thought, hey, I want to have a little bit more fun in my office, um, but I'm afraid that it's going to distract from the everyday job that we have to do what what would be your advice to them
2: yeah I mean let's hope that anyone that ever came in thinks my office is fun let's hope that my staff feels the same way I feel like they do but I'm not an expert but what we do is uh we're flexible with each other you know someone's got to do something quick we'll we'll cover them we'll get their back we do a lot of you know it's football season now we'll do a lot of football pools hey let's see you know person that's uh last place buys lunch today or you know what i mean something like that just to get everyone engaged we're at work and we have to be working but if we're doing that for eight hours a day and just focusing on that it really like it'll wear on you i think everyone knows it wears on you you just you just need a couple minutes here and there to hey let's talk about something else let's get our minds off this let's refocus and let's get back into it um and that sometimes that, that'll help us uh you know get solutions to questions we're asking um I mean, I hope that helps. You know, we'll do things with baseball. We're, we're, there's a lot of people in here that will, all, all, you know, eight of us, big sports fans. And so it just, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to be an expert. I'm not going to tell anyone how to run their office. But it seems to work here so far. So Yeah, I think
1: that's great advice. And um, just kind of summarizing everything in the last few minutes that we've talked about, you know, we've talked about competing priorities. There's so many things going on on a daily basis and if you can look at innovation, it might be able to allow you to do more on a daily basis like work with your constituents, work with your board, do more planning, think higher level and strategically look forward to the future. We've talked about uh, a lot of times if we had all the time in the world, we'd be able to focus on cash flow, liquidity data, planning for investments, but it's just not a reality. Um, it's not something that we have, especially um, as we talked about um, when you're coaching soccer, which you mentioned you're coaching soccer today, Alan. yeah four thirty yep. four thirty um, it's it's hard and we mentioned about having you know the tools to communicate to your board and also having everyone be on the same page. and lastly, we said we gotta have a fun learning environment, a fun work environment, a fun environment to come to the table with different ideas. Sometimes you just gotta you know, get your head out of the game and say, okay, um, how can we solve this problem? Is there anything else, any other, you know, suggestions as we're talking about innovation and finance, we're talking about data, looking at things differently. Is there anything else, any pointers you would have out there from, you know, the experience that you have had uh, that would maybe help someone say, hey, I've learned this as being the treasurer CFO of a county in New York. Anything, any advice that you have for the listeners
2: out there? Yeah, and like I said, related, you know, directly to this podcast, um, we're all, we're all slammed. We're all busy. We all have 9,000 things we have to do. We all have the data. I've seen it. I have vendors that give me data. I have everything, and I just, you, I don't have time to, it's great data. I don't have time to go through it page by page. Focus in on what really, really, um, you know, you really need to look at, put it away, Ask an opinion or two and go, you know, I really, I really enjoy the budget. I, I love numbers like that, and that's what I do. I focus more of my time on that because that's what I like. And we've got the data from all of these different uh, things coming in from UNIS and other things. I spend more time on that because I think that's important. I like that. But there's things like this. I know it. I look at the data, and I move on. And I really think that everyone just got it. If you've got a 20-page report in front of you, pick two things in there, focus in on them, move on. Come back to it later if you need to. But, yeah, with the priorities getting you these days, it's difficult.
1: Uh, yeah, and Munis, uh, just for the listeners, is is your financial software.
2: Yep, that's our financial software. And, listen, go have fun. You know, you're an elected official. You're or you're, you're a CFO. You're doing whatever. You still have to take time to yourself. Otherwise, you're going to get burnout out real quick. And, listen, th- your your constituents need you. They need you to be focused and in the game and to do that you got to take time for yourself so take time for yourself and do it and again with three plus one i get the data i look at it i have conversations with you and tyler i move on whether i agree or disagree that's what we're going to do and it just makes a better presentation for the board
1: yeah well on that note alan thank you so much for your time for our nysac county conversations podcast and we appreciate uh, the partnership and all of your words today. And Mark, thank you for the opportunity
0: to have a conversation with Treasurer Ruffles today.
2: Yeah, thank you, Mark and Nysak.
0: Yes, thank you both very much. That was a, a, a really great conversation. Thank you, Alan, for your public service, and thank you, Garrett, for helping our public officials at the county level do a better job. We talk a lot about Uh, at NISAC, we foster excellence in county government. We talk about making data-driven decisions and what you just said, Garrett, about public officials not having time to go through and analyze all the data that that are at their fingertips. At NISAC, we strive to analyze the data that is most critical for county officials. And that's why we're so proud to be partners with 3 Plus One, because you do that for our counties. You help to analyze their data so that they can make better, more informed, data-driven decisions to protect the public fisc and to help local taxpayers. So thank you both very much for this conversation today. And keep up the good work and keep having fun.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Mark. To put a plug in for NYSAC too. Listen, you guys, you guys analyze the data for us too, and we can't. So I appreciate that. And everything you and Dave Lucas do up there. You're welcome. That's why, that's why we come to work every day. Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.